Hi, I'm Max. I'm an engineer and inventor. And well, this is the Bageltron 2000, which I can't turn on right now because it is currently disassembled in uh, about two or three dozen pieces all over the garage here. And I've decided to record anyway because I want there to be good solid evidence that I can hand over to the police when I have them come in here to haul away my roommate for destroying my personal property. So on that note, Jack, Jack, Jack Strobe. Yeah, what's up, man? Yes, I I would like to ask you the same thing. What is up with this? All of this, I'm gesturing right now towards all the many pieces of my Bageltron 2000, which you have clearly disassembled and therefore preventing me from doing what you know I always do every week on Tuesday, yeah. visiting another dimension. Well, so I took it apart and started putting it back together and, and I kind of got bored. That is so. unacceptable. Unacceptable. I, every week, okay, every Tuesday, you know this, you've been around here long enough, every Tuesday, I open up a portal with the Bageltron 2000, my invention that opens up portals to other dimensions, and I travel through that portal to some other dimension, and that's kind of the whole thing that I do these days. You know, I, I don't have a job, right? I just do this whole dimension traveling and documenting it for the podcast thing. That's all I do, and I can't do it because you've taken it apart. Like, seriously, what the heck, man? You, you know I'm going to call the cops, right? I'm going to call the cops. Your job is like one day a week week and for like 20 minutes on one day a week that's a pretty cushy job anyway yes your your bageltron taken apart but for a good cause and oh a good cause huh I, I hope you don't mind i also borrowed your interdimensional mail drop i ordered uh, a piece of equipment that your bageltron needed that was sorely lacking and uh, i think huh. it'll be better than it was without uh-huh. it really please pray tell what uh, what piece of equipment was my Bageltron lacking? Does it, does it have something to do with pyramid schemes or, you know, messages to ladies or which, you know, I, I did listen to that, <laughs> by the way. It has things to do with both of those things and many, many more. Max, my friend, I bought you a transdimensional audio receiver. Transdimensional audio receiver. So when you're out and about, you can transmit audio back to your lab. And I'm using air quotes around the word lab. Uh, Hey, this is a real lab. Come on. Yeah, well, we'll say it is. um, Because it is. For the sake of argument. But uh, the uh, reality, you'll be able to get an audio signal from wherever you go back here. So let's say you get in terrible peril, which I'm sure has never happened to you. But if it were to happen someday... If someone was here, say me, and was listening, or it was being recorded somehow, then they could know that you were in peril and come help, or listen and be entertained. The point is, audio can get from where you are back here. Uh Uh-huh. That actually does sound like it would be useful. I I can imagine that being useful, yeah. Hmm. Okay. I tentatively retract my indignation. It said it was really simple to install. Even a child could do it. But I think they were assuming a more traditional portal machine. Once I got your thing apart, it was hard to figure out what to plug it into. Hence, all the pieces. And hence me getting bored and walking away. Uh Uh-huh. I see. Okay. Yeah, now that I look at these pieces a little more closely, I do see that, that one there, which is... Not something that I had in there before. That's it. Okay. I figured I should partially reimburse you for all the whiskey I've been drinking. I think that's probably worth about a third of what I've drank. Hmm. All right. All right. Well, maybe you're not totally the worst after all. 
I, I guess. Thanks. I'm well. Okay. Thanks. Assuming we can get this back together and working again. Thanks. But if we can't, definitely, I'm going to retract that. Thanks. Yeah, I'm sure we can figure it out. I. This project was a victim of my short attention span, but as long as we have something interesting to talk about, I'm sure we can figure it out. Uh-huh. I guess not going to another dimension this week, but, uh, you know, now that I think about it, you're from another dimension. We haven't really sat down and talked. Like, I don't really know anything about where you came from or the various places you've been. I mean, it sounds like you maybe been to as many or more dimensions than I have. Why don't we try to salvage the adventure this week uh, with finding out a little bit about Jack Strobe. That's an interesting idea, Max. And you can ask me any questions you want. The The problem we're going to run into is I've had so many versions of myself and reinvented myself so many times and told so many, so many lies. I'm not sure I know the real story anymore. So take it, everything I say with a grain of salt. But happy to talk about it, man. What does this thing do? And why does it have bubblegum? Well, looks like you attached something listen. here with bubblegum. Like... Is that, is that uh, listen? Sometimes way? you don't have the right fastener you need, and the hardware store is closed. You know, it's not on Amazon. I mean, good luck finding that kind of thing on Amazon. It's that forget it. Little custom fasteners and stuff like that, like not on Amazon. They say they have everything. They do not. But anyways, I you know just uh, it worked. Okay, it's worked fine for like two and a half years. Don't criticize. All right, I'm not sure we can put it back together without getting this gum wet, though. I'm not sure how we'll do that. Maybe a little glue would help. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we could use glue. Fine. Whatever. It's not important. Whatever holds the field stabilizer in place, it doesn't really matter. It just, it just has to be held in place at exactly 37.5 degrees. What happens if it's at slightly more or slightly less than 37.5 degrees? I'm afraid to ask. It doesn't stabilize the field, obviously. Uh, that doesn't sound safe, man. No, I it, it definitely wouldn't be. I'm not be. sure you should be relying on gum for that. I don't think the portal would open for one and even if it did i don't know like maybe if you went through the portal you'd come out the other side as a chicken or something i don't know i'm not gonna find out we're gonna put it back in there at exactly the right angle all right so what do you want to know about me max i'm an open book a book full of lies but an open book all the same uh just try to think back and tell me about the dimension you started in i mean it's obviously something's different right it's you didn't just come from a dimension exactly like this earth right what was uh what what was distinct or interesting about the place where you started you might assume that somebody like me had come from a hard scrabble upbringing but that couldn't be further from the truth nobody had a more idyllic childhood than i did I had all the love and care that I could have ever asked for, and yet somehow I don't seem to have developed the sort of compassion and empathy that most people get. Listen, I didn't ask about your family life. I, honestly, I don't really care about your family life. Sure. I want to know about your dimension, about your planet. Sure. Yeah, so it, uh, I would refer to it as the idyllic dimension. There's no violence, no crime of any sort. In fact, the thing that sort of set me on the path of my life was I found an interdimensional book that described crime, which was unheard of in the dimension I was in. Okay, hold on. An interdimensional book. By that, do you mean a book that came from another dimension or a book that somehow itself opens up portals to other dimensions? Wait, you, you haven't found the interdimensional library system yet? No. Yeah, you should definitely check that out. But yes, I, I checked it out of the interdimensional library, discovered there was such a thing as crime, and was so fascinated by it, it sort of sucked me in. I see. Huh. It was interesting, Max. In a dimension that has no crime whatsoever, if crime happens, 
they always come up with some other explanation for it because they've never conceived of crime. So if a bunch of jewelry disappears, they come up with some idea like, oh, maybe the jewelry gnomes took it. You know? so I'm, like, you can do as much crime as you want. And be- because they can't conceive of crime, they always come up with a different explanation. Uh, eventually, though, that dimension sort of spat me out. Like, literally couldn't stay there anymore. I was so different from the dimension, and it was so different from me. I wasn't happy there, and it wasn't happy with me, and I've just sort of been wondering ever since. Wait, what? Well, what do you mean the dimension spat you out? Are you telling me that you literally have not come into contact with any of the interdimensional immune systems? No. No. Okay, you're telling me that a whole dimension has its own immune system? Well, yeah. I mean, you've got an immune system. Why shouldn't a dimension have an immune system? Basically, uh, it attacks anything that it doesn't think belongs. All right. Well, maybe I've avoided that because all of my trips so far have been only about 20 to 30 minutes. So perhaps I'm just not there long enough to trigger Wait, it. Wait, are you saying that in none of your dimensional travels have terrible things happened to you unexpectedly and bizarrely? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I certainly have had some unexpected things happen but that's the immune system man if a dimension doesn't like you it will arrange for all sorts of mishaps until you leave Uh uh-huh okay why don't you tell me about a few of the mishaps then that the dimension the idyllic dimension was springing on you that caused you to end up leaving it got more and more extreme over time and you know at first it was just like you know you can't ever find a parking spot when everyone else can you know that sort of thing as i got further and further out of sync with that dimension that got more and more egregious. Then eventually, you know, I was getting the rarest of diseases and things weren't working to treat me. And as soon as I left that dimension, it all cleared up. That's another thing you should know. You know, if you if you've got an incurable illness, a lot of times just switching dimensions will solve things because a lot of times it's just your dimension not happy with you. Uh huh. You know, I'm kind of surprised that in the idyllic dimension that they were even familiar with the concept of disease. Yeah, they had no idea what disease was. They were totally confused and baffled, and they tried to come up with ideas to treat it, but their ideas to treat disease were just as bizarre as their ideas about why crime was happening, and I was the only one that was having disease. I mean, there were a couple other people, but again, it was the immune system of that dimension attacking people that were out of sync. Uh So yeah, I mean, there were a few diseases, but it was pretty idyllic for anybody who was in sync with the sort of like, everybody get along vibe. I see. All right. The dimension immune system is to cause diseases. That, uh, and mishaps and misfortune sure. and, and lost love and all sorts of things. Uh-huh. So you you were just doing so much crime and you're so you were so unwilling to stop doing crime that the very dimension you were born in gave you an incurable illness. Multiple incurable illnesses. You decided to leave your dimension. You leave your home rather than, I don't know, Stop doing crime? Leopard can't change its spots, man. I found that the thrill of crime... You know, they say crime doesn't pay. I can tell you with absolute certainty that it does. It pays very, very well if you do it well. It's like any other career. If you do it poorly, you get paid poorly. And if you do it well, you get paid very, very well. And I did crime very, very well. Not that I'm admitting to any specific crime in any specific dimension, mind you. I know we're being recorded right now, and let's just say that uh, I've had a very adventuresome life, and many of my escapades have been quite profitable. Mm-hmm. Speaking of recording, once we get this uh, interdimensional audio receiver 
jiggy thingy, whatever it was you called it, installed on here, do you think we'd be able to broadcast this podcast out to other dimensions? Because maybe then we could get a few more people on the Patreon. You undoubtedly would get a few more people on the Patreon. You would get a near infinite number of people on the Patreon because there's an infinite number of dimensions. The downside is you'd also have an infinite number of stalkers and other ne'er-do-wells hunting you down, obsessed with you, and otherwise causing problems in your life. Mm. Anyone who has ever broadcast anything interdimensionally always died very shortly thereafter, 100%, because there's in an infinite number of dimensions, there's at least one person who will become obsessed with you, hunt you down, and kill you. Okay, well, I was thinking maybe the trade-off was worth it until you got to that part about the killing part. That I'm probably not willing to trade in exchange for a few more backers on A nearly infinite number of backers is what you would get, and a nearly infinite number of problems. Uh Uh-huh, hmm. Okay, a near-infinite number of backers is pretty appealing, though. You sure there's not some mitigation I could do to avoid the whole stalker thing? Like, what if, what if this, what if before we started interdimensionally broadcasting, I started using a pseudonym and I wore a fake mustache? Yes, uh, an, an mm-hmm. anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, anonymous broadcasts, obviously, you're not the first person to think of this, and there's been quite a few people who've tried that. The problem is you have to be the cleverest person in the multiverse because... I'm sorry, did you not hear the part about the fake mustache? If there is even one person clever enough to dox you, as it were, then there's an infinite number of people that smart. Because if there's one example of anything in an infinite dimension, there's infinity of them. And some of those people will be evil, and a fraction of those people will kill you. <sighs> there's really no Fine. way to avoid it, man. You do not want a interdimensional reputation of any sort if you can avoid it. There are a few media companies that have gotten away with it, but it's an incredibly expensive proposition. That's why we have some of these interdimensional shows. But the measures they take are beyond what any single human being could ever do <sighs> fine fine i don't know I'm still not totally convinced i maybe maybe i'll go talk to morris about this yeah i mean you could he certainly fill you in on all the things he has to do to protect himself it's a long list i assure you i guess to be fair though he's less of a human and more of a i, I guess i didn't even think i don't think he had a body that you could kill he was just sort of a, a presence some sort of intelligence without form i i never really did quite understand what form he existed in probably pretty hard to kill. The only way that Morris Mm -hmm. is able to do what he does is he has the backing of an interdimensional corporation, which by its very nature has an infinite number of employees because they have employees across dimensions, which the lovely thing about infinity is anytime you multiply or divide or anything, you always end up with infinity. So Morris has an infinite amount of resources to fend off the infinite number of stalkers. That's the only way that he's able to do it. All right. Fine. Whatever. Anyways, why don't you tell me a little more about your travels, though? Like, so you left your, your home dimension, the idyllic dimension. Uh, by the way, do you still have the coordinates for that dimension? I wouldn't mind going to visit there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, here, I'll write it down for you. Excellent. All right. Cool. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll try that one out sometime soon. Uh, but once you left there, where did you head off to? I was so obsessed with ill-gotten gains and had learned enough to know that some dimensions wouldn't accept me and others would. By the way, this dimension, my health has never been better since I came here. Is there something about this dimension that is just, like, really kind to people that are megalomaniacs? You know, I guess there kind of is. Empirically, 
that would seem to be the case. But yeah. They tend to rise to power rather than have terrible misfortunes befall them. Yep, that pretty well describes it. Huh. Mm-hmm. Seems to be the case. You know, this might be the megalomaniac dimension. No, it's no wonder I feel so at home here. You know, I have to say, you know, ever since the interdimensional court gave us that ruling that tied us together, I have been running into versions of you in other dimensions. None of them have been quite as enthusiastic as you when it comes to just really, really getting into crime. You know, they seem to each be doing well enough in the dimension that they're in. So, crime pays. I don't know. And there are a lot of dimensions that their immune systems are amenable to some chaos and crime and stuff. I'm surprised, though. This one, this one is probably in the top 1% of dimensions I've been to as far as being amenable to, to chaos and crime. Uh, well, that's... Um... I mean, I kind of like the idea of being in the top 1%. That sounds like a good thing, but in this case, I think it's probably not. I don't know how to take it's that. It's good for me. Isn't that the only thing that matters when it comes down to it? Uh-huh. You know, a while back, I went on a quest to find a new dimensional home for uh, this Wilson from a place called Planet Hi-Fi where everybody was destroyed. I think you heard about that one, but I'm kind of starting to think that maybe I should go on a quest like that for myself. Find a new, better home dimension for me. Yeah, there's that an infinite number of them, Max. There's bound to be several of them that you find that you just feel much more at home in. Let me ask you this. In your travels, have you ever just gotten to a dimension and just felt so healthy, happy, and just like you fit like a puzzle piece in that dimension? You know, I don't think that has happened yet. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't describe that as being the feeling of any of the places that I've been in particular just yet. Do any of them feel like they fit better than this dimension? It's so hard to judge when... You know, I'm only there for 20 minutes at a time. You know, while we've got this thing apart, you think there's some way we could make some improvements here that would allow it to be stable for longer than 20 minutes? You know, when I first built this thing, I, I ran some tests and it around the 20-ish minute mark, things started to look like they were, you know, getting a little unstable and things were getting a little sketchy. I didn't want to risk leaving it on anymore. The readings were really starting to get troubling. So I shut everything down and I've always tried to make sure that I don't run it for longer than that. But, you know, if I could spend a little more time in a given dimension and still easily be able to make it back here, that would really allow me to kind of explore these options a lot more. Maybe really get to know a dimension a little better. Well, yeah, um, the fancier a portal machine is, the longer it can stay open. Although, of course, all portal machines are limited by the Turpin curve. I'm sure you're well familiar with that. Uh, the exponential yeah, yeah. heat rise yeah, as uh, the, the portal stays mm-hmm. open. And the fabric of the universe doesn't like these portals staying open. So the universe, or I should say the multiverse, applies an exponentially increasing pressure to close the portal in any kind of Gardner knows this, hence why it takes exponentially more energy to keep it open, hence overheating, etc. So, yes, I mean, uh, certainly there's uh, portals okay. that can stay open for an hour, and usually they're the size of a house, the equipment to run them. I see. What about this audio transmogrifier that we're putting in here? Does the portal have to be open for it to receive a signal? No, no, actually it doesn't. It will actually continue to transmit because it multiplexes across millions of tiny portals all the time. And so there's no one big portal that has to be closed. Information goes through a much smaller hole than you or I do. So tiny holes, lots of them. It makes almost no difference whatsoever to the fabric of the multiverse to to run that thing forever. Aha. Well, I think maybe we can work with that then, because then maybe I could just close it and then I could transmit a signal back to reopen it at a time of my choosing. I just realized you didn't learn this stuff in grade school, did you? No, I didn't. Listen, in grade school, we did hand turkeys. We did elementary school musicals about 
Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus. Oh, man. He's one of my personal heroes. He accomplished so much on the backs of so many. Well, is that true in this dimension? In most of the dimensions I've been in, Christopher Columbus accomplished a lot on the backs of a lot of people. Yeah, I guess that's that's kind of a fair description. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think that the elementary school kids sing about Christopher Columbus anymore now that I think of it. We did when I was in elementary school, though. Uh, sounds like things are falling apart a little bit around here, Max. Okay, let me ask you this. The outer device that we're putting into the Bageltron 2000 here, did you pay for it? Of course I paid for it. Well, I should say it was paid for. I very rarely pay uh, for things out of accounts that are huh. wholly mine. It, uh, you know, shell companies and mixing funds and cryptocurrency... It, it was paid for. Uh-huh. All right. I don't want the interdimensional police coming after me and confiscating my Bageltron 2000. Max, if there's one thing I've learned over my many years and many dimensions of adventures, it's how to cover my tracks. Uh-huh. There's probably a guy in the tepid dimension getting arrested right now for the paper trail of, that I created for this purchase. Those are pretty bold words for a guy who is only here because the interdimensional court sentenced him for a whole bunch of crimes that he obviously didn't cover up very well at all. You know, it's interesting you should say that. I've started to look at that as one of the best things that ever happened to me because this dimension is amazing. This dimension is full of people serving their own self-interest. I've been like a little lost orphan, wandering the multiverse, and I've finally found my home. <sighs> you left the idyllic dimension. You let the idyllic dimension spit you out, and you you describe this one as amazing. What is wrong with you? Well, Just, that's what ugh. other people have asked me, and I ask, what is wrong with all those other dimensions that don't understand the fundamental look out for number one mentality. I mean, that's even a saying here. I've been saying that my whole life. That's actually a saying in your dimension. It's the perfect dimension, I'm telling you. This is the idyllic dimension as far as I'm concerned. Oh, boy. I call the other one the idyllic dimension in a sarcastic way because it wasn't idyllic for me. Oh, that's what those air quotes yeah. were earlier. Okay, I got you. You'd probably like it with your milk toast mentality and serve others type of ideals. Okay, let me ask you this one more thing. What is the weirdest intelligent creature that you've encountered in your dimensional travels? I think when it comes to mine, Morris might be right up there. That's, uh, he's, he's probably one of the weirdest, but uh, the glow mags, they were pretty weird. Mostly the fact that they were just so into pranking other dimensions. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I honestly haven't encountered that many different kinds of intelligence that aren't human. Well, I mean, there's been some talking cheetahs, I guess. Oh, and a squirrel. Weirdest intelligence? That's a pretty easy question, man. I went to the AI overflow dimension one time. This AI had gotten out of control and started manufacturing more and more components of itself, self-contained AIs, until every single thing on an entire planet was part of that AI. You could walk outside, pick up a stick off the ground, talk to it, and know that that stick was smarter than you or any person you had ever met, and it was just one piece. You could talk to your toilet. You could buy a drink at the store and talk to it. Every manufactured and non-manufactured thing, every natural thing, everything was part of this giant AI. That sounds actually pretty incredible. What did the AI do? Like, what was its purpose? What was it, what was it using all that intelligence for? As crazy as it sounds, man, this AI, its only purpose was to propagate itself, which is why, of course, there were so many of them. It was incredibly intelligent, oh. but it had been given the single goal by a programmer eons ago to one get smarter and two propagate itself 
And no one can ask that person why they did that, because it's been millennia ago that this happened. But it's been getting smarter and propagating itself ever since, and that's all it cares about. It has no other goals. So it sounds like maybe it wouldn't be that useful for me to travel to that dimension and, like, try to talk to the AI to get answers to, you know, life's burning questions. Well, it knows the answer to all life's burning questions. The problem is it's not interested in talking to you or telling you the answers unless it thinks that that conversation will in some way make itself smarter or spread it more places. I see. And I got to tell you, that's a dangerous thing. It's already spread not only from its own planet, but to the whole solar system around it. It's sent probes out to other stars. It's tried to invade other multiverses. It's kind of like a virus. People keep having to, like, extinguish it. It's a serious danger of taking over everything. It's a good thing there's an infinite number of dimensions. I see. It was dangerous for me to go there. When I left, I had to be probed in every way you can imagine to get rid of the little bits of the AI that it left on me. It turned some of my hairs into super intelligent beings. It took forever. I was going to say, like, wouldn't all of your clothes have to be burned or something because it somehow would infect all of that and yeah. anything you ate yep. and then it, traveling through your digestive tract, super I had intelligence. To be, I had to go sounds... through a purge that was much worse than oh, any boy. intestinal purges you guys do here, I can tell you that. That does sound like a very unpleasant experience. Okay, so on second thought, I do not want to go to that dimension. I mean, it sounds like it should probably be like, I don't know, cordoned off or, oh, it or is. some it sort is. of like interdimensional like force field put around it or something. Is that Max, a thing? Max, the Are there only reason force I fields? went there was because it was the most illegal thing I could find. <laughs> of course. And I just really wanted to have that of on, course. on my uh, list of accomplishments. Do you have like a profile on some kind of like criminal LinkedIn or something? What's the point of it? It impresses my number one fan, which is, of course, myself. Uh-huh. I think we've almost got this thing back together here. Since you're obviously a little bit more of a, of a seasoned expert when it comes to portal devices, you are constantly trash-talking the Bageltron 2000, my life's greatest accomplishment. Let's say we left out a critical component and we tried to turn it on. Is there any risk that we might, like, I don't know, collapse the whole house into a portal to some sort of awful dimension and not be able to reverse it or like maybe the portal gets really big and then like travels out of the house and, and like swallows a passing car with a washed up R&B singer in it or you know any anything like that is there is there a risk of a some sort of weird malfunction if we were to say put it back together without this piece and try turning it on? Well I can tell you the list of things that could go wrong. Some of them are concerned now, you don't need to worry about it traveling too far, because like most things, there's an exponential. The further away the portal is, the more power it takes to keep it open. Uh, so, and, you know, and it's an exponential curve. So you don't need to worry about it traveling too far away physically from the Bageltron 2000. What you do need to worry about, and what you should have been worried about all this time, is poking so many holes in the multiverse weakens the fabric and lets things slip through that normally wouldn't be able to slip through. And... This could be very concerning. You could wake up in the middle of the night with some creature in your bedroom that got there because you've weakened the fabric of the multiverse around here. Most people that do a lot of dimensional traveling, they never travel from the same place twice uh, because uh. they don't like nightmare creatures showing up and harassing them. I see. Actually, I've been meaning to ask you about that. I, I told you I listened to your little love letter that turned into an interview with the uh, at Max from the Hellscape, was it? Oh, by the way, I told that guy that you would check in on him. I don't really care if you do or not, but I think you might care if you do or not. Yeah, I know. I, I told you. I listened. I heard it. 
And I heard you tell him about the piercing the multiverse thing. I thought you were just making stuff up. Are you saying that you're saying that's real? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I think it takes quite a while to weaken it enough for it to be a real problem. But you're on your way. I was going to say, how how long is quite a while? Because I've been at this for two and a half years. Most people aren't willing to do the experiments that would allow horrific creatures to show up in their dimension. So there hasn't been a lot of research done into this. But there have been a few accidents. Most of them involve someone like yourself. And it usually and they've been doing what they've been doing for a few decades. But in one case, it was only three years. So you're playing with fire. And you read about this stuff where exactly? Is there some kind of like multiverse monthly magazine that you're getting to learn about this kind of stuff? Oh, there's all sorts of interesting magazines and stuff. It's hard to get them here, but uh, just travel to the interdimensional library. You can read about anything you want. Right, right. The interdimensional library. And how do I get a card? How do I get a library card for the interdimensional library? Ah, they don't give them away to just anybody. You have to prove your worthiness and your intellectual curiosity. It's quite a process, but uh, I can give you the coordinates if you want to go start that. I do, yes. And I'm also very curious how you proved your worthiness way back when you were in your home dimension, the idyllic dimension. You said you got that book that yep. described crime. Although I guess if you didn't know anything about crime before you read that book, then maybe you would have been worthy at the time. No, I so. was totally unworthy. But I handled that situation like I handle any major test. I got somebody else to take the test for me. Whatever. Great. We've got the coordinates here to the idyllic dimension and the interdimensional library. While you're at the interdimensional library, you should get the, uh, they have this book about most interesting dimensions and it has the coordinates for a ton of them. You should get that when you're there since you're so dead set on traveling to different dimensions. Excellent. Sounds like a good one. Okay. Well, maybe we can try and test fire this thing here and just see what happens. Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll stand back a little bit over here, out of range, so to speak. Alright, here we go. Well, it sounds normal. Yep, yep, okay. Oh, hey, look at that. The edges of the portal look a little smoother. Yeah, maybe we improved it. It's hard to tell with this mishmash. Okay, I've got a lot of information here I need to process, I think, before I take another trip across the multiverse here, so... I think for now I'm going to shut this thing down and I'll go add all this stuff we've talked about to my notes, my interdimensional diary, and run some tests this week on the Bageltron, make sure everything's working all right. Maybe I could send a probe out to another dimension and test the audio transmission feature you were talking about and uh, I'll be ready to travel again next week. Yeah, I think that sounds good. And I'm going to go drink some of your whiskey. Uh, Fine. I do appreciate the assistance here, assuming that the Audiotron 2000D thing that you put in here does what you claim it does. Transdimensional audio receiver. I do appreciate it. You know, thanks. You're welcome, Max. Enjoy the whiskey. I will. Dispatches from the Multiverse is produced by Tim Ellis. Starring J.R. Willett as Jack Idyllic Dimension Strobe and Tim Ellis as Max. Theme music by Alpha Geek, logo by Abe Schmidt. Did you know there is an extra secret ingredient in the Bageltron 2000? Of course you didn't, because it got cut from the episode. But if you support us on Patreon, you can learn all our secrets with bonus content like raw, unfiltered episodes, peeks behind the scenes, and extended editions. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at DispatchesFM and visit us online at dispatches.fm. Thank you.